Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? I'm doing well, Justin. How about you? I'm not bad. Uh, Sound quality is probably terrible. I apologize for the remote studio uh, here in Cherry Creek and uh, enjoying my time here in Cherry Creek, but uh, still remote. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy travel schedule to get this podcast out for the people. All right, so let's uh, let's just jump into all things IndyCar, if you don't mind, Kirby. And by that, you mean uh, you want to start off with some Formula One questions? I do not. The Isle of Man motorcycle race. Uh, it might be the craziest event in the world, yeah. It, it's incredible, right? And this guy, Peter Hickman, just set a course record the other day, 37.7 mile course, right? Now I'm, I'm sure you've seen some videos of the course, right? Curve. It's, it's, it's just crazy, you know, in street, it's, you know, wet, damp, you know, seems like rocks everywhere, you know, stuff to stuff to kill yourself on everywhere. Right. On a, two, um, on a two-wheeler, yes, for sure. Yes, on a motorcycle. And if anybody hasn't, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out some Isle of Man videos, I highly recommend you do. It's probably the craziest uh, motorsport event anywhere and most dangerous for sure. This guy, over 37.7 miles curb, guess what his average speed was? I can't fathom. You tell me. 136 miles per hour. No shit. <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, 136 miles per hour over 37. And we're not talking straight roads here. Bringing this back to uh, motorsport and Indian cars, we all do. I mean, you talk about the guys with the biggest balls. Uh, this Peter Hickman's got to be right up there at the, the top of the list in my book. The sports car at home that you get out on the road, I imagine, from time to time. And I picked one up this summer. And, and I got to tell you, I, I push it up. In short blast, you know, 90, 100 miles an hour and uh, get a little nervous on the highway, right? Can you imagine what, what these guys are doing? Curb, did you know uh, NASCAR uh, signed a deal with Netflix? Uh, drive to survive uh, NASCAR style, clear, uh, clearly. I saw that and rolled my eyes and just moved on and decided not to not to stress about those things anymore. Do you think that the Netflix show for NASCAR will have a similar effect that it did for F1? Or do you think... It's just too me too at this point. Uh, I think it's just too me too at this point. NASCAR has a really short off season. It's not like they go for months like IndyCar fans do, and, um, and even Formula One has a longer off season I feel like than than uh, NASCAR. So I don't know how desperate NASCAR fans will be to watch that kind of show, and um, I don't know how many people that aren't already NASCAR fans are going to watch it. I'm sure it'll do okay numbers, but um, I can't imagine it'll have the effect that Drive to Survive did. I'm not going to discount at this point. The power of Netflix is huge. The other thing is, is that uh, there's no pandemic right now. With uh, people aren't sitting around twiddling their thumbs. That's and, a good uh, point. Curb is Jack Harvey the new Oliver Askew of they? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, um, you know, Jack Harvey split from RLL. They just weren't up to his. They couldn't provide him a car up to his standards, and and he had to, he had to leave the team to go look for other opportunities elsewhere, right? Yes. And is uh, Roman Grosjean, or Gross Jeans, is like you like to call him, the new Oliver Askew of Jack Benyon? 
<laughs> Probably. Yeah, he's he's uh got a lot of mentions from Jack in the last few weeks, hasn't he? Oh my God, yeah, Jack's up there on the stump for the guy. And they have a new Hollow Rescue for themselves too. Who would that be? Uh, uh they have a new Hollow uh Simon Pagano. No, no, you're, it's. I mean, this guy's the the hot ticket of silly season. We got to talk about him in every silly season article. Uh, Tatia Calderon. <laughs> The, the soon to be uh, USF Pro 2000 champ uh, Miles Rowe. You know we oh, we, we can't have an article uh, these days without mentioning Miles Rowe. So all right, Curtis, you, you you brought me into it. I mean, this uh, the uh, is there any any uh, you know morsel of truth to that? Andretti is considering Tatsuya Calderon for the fourth Andretti car. It defies everything that they've been talking about all summer, or at least all the talk, all the rumors, all the whatever. You know, we're get, we're dumping Devlin DeFrancesco and all of his father's money so we can get championship pedigree drivers in all four cars. And now they're going to put Tatiana Calderon in the car. Does that make sense? It doesn't. In that same article, they mentioned Tatiana, uh, or sorry, they mentioned Tatiana Calderon as a you know, potential. Uh, um, they talk about the prodigious talent of uh, Jimmy Chadwick. I don't know the details. I know in general she started off slowly, and she's been improving the second half of the season. And uh, but I don't think she's challenging for wins yet. No. And to to call her like a prodigious talent or something like that is just it makes you wonder like what is the motivations of they? And I finally have come to a conclusion actually. Would you like to figure out? Would you like to know what I, I concluded? Uh, I'm pretty sure I want you to say it, not me. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. They is a self-loathing entity. <laughs> Even more than that, they is positioning themselves to be the moral arbiter of IndyCar racing and the motorsports world in general. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want this to come off as we're against her or against. Miles Rowe or anybody else that uh, they likes to tout, um, but it just often seems forced and out of place in the articles. All right. So it, this is where we stumble into uh, St. Louis. Okay. And Gallagher Grand Prix, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Effing Scott Dixon. Right. Right. But even you have to admit, you know, Team Smug got it right uh, again. They did. They performed this year uh, in terms of strategy. That's for sure. On the 19th. At the end of the day, I mean, he saved fuel where others couldn't. There were others that had the same opportunity, obviously couldn't get there. Saw that race for what it was. They saw how difficult it was to pass. And they figured if you had the track position, you were going to stay up there no matter what. And they were right. In fact, it was very strange to me. Uh, They start out the whole broadcast with all about New Garden being in contention for the championship, like totally right. skipping over the guy in second place, which was Dixon, right? Yeah, I think they assumed that the New Garden, if he didn't win, it would at least be on the podium. And Dixon didn't qualify well, right? So, I mean, he was a bit of a, an effort, you know, New Garden's on the pole and Dixon's 16th or something like that. That was a story they wanted to push. They wanted to push the win all the ovals in one season and, and all that kind of angle. Kirk, can we go back to Grosjean for a second? Sure. Where does he go now? I mean, it, 
looks like he's out at Andretti. Who would want him at this point? I mean, he does have speed from time to time. You know, he's obviously been hard to work with and kind of wrangle in, but, you know, he does have speed, and that's something that's hard to hire. Maybe more importantly is he's got name recognition, and um, if you're trying to sell a program to a sponsor, that might come in handy, right? It looks like Malukas left uh, Ed Carpenter at the altar, according to multiple reports. So um, maybe an Ed Carpenter, maybe. uh, Thank you. That's exactly where I was going. I think the place he could go to, for the reasons you just stated, ECR seems like a very likely home. Yeah, it sounds like Pitt and I'll staying with, with ECR. I would think he'd be a, a, a nice name for them to have. I don't think he's going to Ray Hall. I don't think, you know, some they keep speculating coin. I don't think he's going back to coin. I don't know if he has any connection to Honda. He's been in Honda cars the three years he's been here. It was funny because uh, Jack Benyon did an article on it, and the one team he didn't mention is possibly home for him was, was ECR. I thought that was strange. Herb, are you with me on that? You're I'm you're starting to dislike both uh, Scotty M and Newgarden, the Bus Brothers. No, I'm I'm not with you on that one. No, I am. I'm I'm with me. Okay, that's and good. <laughs> I loved Power's interview after the uh, the crash in uh, practice, where he referred to some dumbass on the. <laughs> on the infield track and caused him to crash. And that dumbass happened to be his uh, teammate. Right. Then, you know, fast forward and, and Scotty M ends up getting the poll. And when in the post poll interview, you know, it was all about him. And I thought this was a, a great opportunity. I was looking for him to say, you know what? And I really, this is great that we got the poll and everything, but I really want to apologize to my teammate, real power for, you know, I didn't mean to do it, but I put him in the wall, and I feel terrible about that. He could have used that opportunity to say that, and he didn't. It was all about him, you know, that new garden jacking in who thinks he should win every race. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting tired of both of them, to be honest. New garden between new garden and his team, they just got to look in the mirror. I mean, they can't. But they won't. They're they're, they're, they're they feaster. Don't. They've been feaster fam in the last couple of years, and um, their consistency problem. You weren't you're you're far from Zen willpower of last year in terms of taking what you got and uh, making sure you get the points. You can be disappointed all you want, but you got to stop looking like a serial killer when you <laughs> after these races where you don't win the race. Curb, is it time for Mr. Ed to hang it up? I could very well see a uh, cutting back to Henley only, couldn't you? I, I think it makes sense for. I mean, he's not performing. I mean, he. If you're listening to this, Ed, I mean, no offense to you, we love you, all that. But at the end of the day, uh, you got to look at your results here, like both qualifying and then the race. And it's just not happening. Your team's struggling. Um, maybe you just need to focus on your two cars and making those better. It's one thing to be getting older and be uh, in Dixon or Power where you're still running all the races. And so you're keeping race fit and race sharp. But. If you're getting older and you're still only racing, you know, four or five times a year, it's got to be harder to come back out. I would think and be sharp. Uh, it's all that, and you got you got to spend time with sponsors. You got, I mean, you got to manage the business. I mean, uh, how do you do it? Curb, is it time for Tecumseh to hang it up? What it kind of odd what he was going through there? I mean, I you mean you know, uh, coming close to putting it in the wall like six times before he finally did. Yeah, but I mean, it looked like something was broken on his car the way he was driving a few times, and he. <laughs> Yeah, that, was, I, that was a strange one because the amount of times he was up in the marbles, like headed for the wall. I mean, it must have been four or five times. Yeah, 
Curb, do you miss Marty Schneider as much now that Georgia Hennenberry's in her in his place? Um, yes, I do. <laughs> she did fine, but I uh, look, I agree with you on substance, but I'll take her style over Marty. I'd rather look at her than Marty, sure, but uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't understand the grief Marty gets. I think he does a good job. Curb, uh, the crowd at uh, St. Louis or Madison, whatever you want to call it, the crowd didn't look terrible supposedly the crowd was up from last year so i thought that was a good sign i rumor is they're going back to a night race next year which should be a I positive mean, for the crowd yeah and, and we've uh, talked about this before i'm not gonna spend too much time on it here but the most no-brainer of all it has to be a night race those guys struggled so much to pass and it was let's face it the weather was favorable right yeah, i mean it, right. it wasn't just blasting hot there and they still couldn't pass uh, they had good races there in the past group when they had downforce and raced at night. Yeah, but they had tires that fell off more before. Well, that was interesting, you know, because they did do the red things, which I think is a good idea. The red, the red striped tires, which are a different compound. But I think they went back to the the red tire was actually the 2019 compound. It wasn't different enough. There should have been a bigger gap between. I, I admire them trying and, and doing that, but you know, next time hopefully they go back and they put a much bigger gap between the two tires. But if you think of like Iowa and Texas, there usually seems to be enough drop off in the tires that but the drop off creates passing. The oval is quite different there, right? It's more of a, you know, it's almost a street course, the oval. Like I said, this isn't a mystery. There there was, you know, several years ago, there were great races at St. Louis. I don't disagree. Kerb, uh, I know you watched the Formula One race because you told me you did. The guys in the pits telling them, hey, stay out. It stopped raining here, so just stay out. See if you can make it. <laughs> yeah. It, it may have stopped raining, but it's still a bathtub out here full of water. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, they were like 20 seconds a lap slower. I mean, it was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was crazy difference. Yeah, like the last ones to pit are like, you know, Hamilton. How the fuck did we get this so wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He was, he was pissed. Norris was pissed. There was a lot yeah. of people pissed. But one of the first guys in uh, was Perez, right? Who still lost the race? No, he lost the race. He wasn't even on the podium, right? And he and in qualifying, he was like 1.3 seconds behind Verstappen. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but like Helmut Marco's starting to make noise again that like maybe Perez isn't there next year. It, it just seems like he's just one of those guys that's just you know gotten so far, has so much money, and has so much you know that he just he's kind of almost like a Bernie Ecclestone. He's just saying what he wants because he can. It's it's interesting. Every article I read about Formula One and everything about Formula One, like Palau is never mentioned as a possibility for going over there. I you know, just sent they, you an article today that mentioned him. Oh, okay. Well, then I stand corrected. Again, with this whole AlphaTauri, Red Bull, uh, Williams, because Logan Sargent is very, you know, very questionable position, let's say there, all those things, it's like, there still may be a hole for there, and I, you know, I think you and I talked about it. I mean, why not? Uh, if he's got a contract with Ganassi, why not uh, walk out of a third one at this point? What's the difference? If he signed with somebody other than McLaren, I would imagine he has some sort of outdoor opportunity to shop, you know, during some window of time every year for a Formula One drive. I don't know how much notice Chip would need to let him out or that kind of thing, but um, I would think twice before trying to get out of a contract with Chip. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I see it as like, you know, the movie Animal House, like, you know, he's on double secret probation. Don't do it again. You know, I, I can almost guarantee him. So he gets offered a Formula One seat, he's gone. You know, I mean, at this point, he doesn't care. I mean, you know, if you read the if you read the tea leaves, like, 
uh, the Clarence after him for 20, 30 mil. Kurt, before we get on to Portland, uh, anything else you want to blurt out about anything? Um, do you think it's curious that uh, Linus Lundquist is being touted as the third driver at Ganassi? It seems to me that thou that they pretty much has predicted multiple times that the lineup will be Dixon, Palau, Lundquist, and Armstrong. Well, I think they is fairly tight with Team Smug. Uh, one would extrapolate that out to be they, they is probably correct about it. Okay, but I guess where I'm going is historically you got the two uh, lead cars where you pay the drivers and and find the sponsorship yourself. And then you got the two uh, you know cars number three and four that you got to bring the money and and fund the program yourself and mm-hmm. and uh, well you know I'm sure Chip makes a profit off those. Lundquist didn't have enough money to get a coin ride this year, and uh, now all of a sudden he's you know in the third car for Ganassi, and I'm assuming that he didn't bring in a whole lot of money. What's changed for Chipper? Hum, I would humbly submit to you that maybe what's changed for Chipper is he knows he only has Palau for a year. Okay. So he's lining up Lundquist to take a spot? Correct. You could probably hold an auction for the number 10 car next year and get a, <laughs> have a bidding war for drivers wanting to drive in it. But. Yeah, but I don't think he looks at it that way. So I, here's here's the way I think uh, Chip looks at it. All right. I'm feeling very Chip right now because I just had a a big – uh, you know, steak-filled, boozy dinner. Okay. So um, I think Chip looks at the whole situation this way. I think he thought Erickson was good, but he just didn't have the raw speed that he wants in a driver. Yeah, he's good, but he's never going to be great. He's never going to be at the top. Uh, you know, he's not going to be – he's not He's not ever going to be the next Scott Dixon or whatever you want to call it, or next Alec Blow. So I think that's why he let Erickson go is like he, he didn't think Erickson had the ability to get there. I think he's made a deal with Palau. This is total supposition on my part. Nobody's told me anything here. Uh, made a deal with Palau that expands for one year. This is the one This is like a gap year for Palau uh, so he can have his shot at Formula One in 2025. Dixon's great, but he's getting older. So you just can't, you need the next, you need somebody in there that's going to be fast and has the capability of being, you know, a champion and fast and so forth. And you kind of look over the names and Lundquist, he maybe seen something there that, that, you know, and those guys have this way of doing it. Like they see some, like they saw the same in Plow, right? I mean, like you know, people forget that when Plow went to Ganassi, he, he was anything but certain as a star. You know, in fact, I think you and I, I mean, it's it's been recent enough that we have podcasts where we're both kind of raising our eyebrow, or it's like that's very strange, right? Right. So maybe they've just identified that maybe Lundquist is the real deal, and and think it can be the next blow, and and so that's uh, that's what they're going to do. And in the meantime, he'll be an inexpensive fill-in. He'll save a lot of money on salary compared to Polo. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> if you're Lundquist, I mean, how much salary can you demand? Oh, right, exactly. I mean, I think that's what Palau was when they got the ride, right? He was an inexpensive yeah. replacement for Kanan yeah, or somebody. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. And Pato uh, was the same thing, right? They're all And later when they just start doing it, they get all pissed off because they're getting paid nothing. The only other guys that I look at in the field that I would say, in you know, from a chip, you know, I've had a couple steaks and a couple of glasses of red wine viewpoint, Lungard and uh, maybe Eilat, right? But who else? Who else is there? That's like you know you're gonna say a future star. 
you know, it's just a different, if that's the way it plays out that Lundquist is in the seat, it's just a different approach than what you're used to seeing from him. And I just think it's notable for some reason. I don't know what the reason is, but it's still a notable change. But, you know, there's rumors that they're picking up DHL from Andretti, and maybe that's maybe that's part of it. From anything else before we get into Portland? Well, we had some uh, serious movement here in the leader circle. If you recall, going into the weekend, um, it was pretty much a five-team race for three spots. Uh, 20th going into the weekend was the, the Hunter Ray car for Ed Carpenter. Canapino was 21st. Pagano's car, Lundquist, was 22nd in the last spot. And uh, next up was the Harvey car at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan, piloted by Connor Daly this weekend. And Devlin D. Francesco was uh, bringing up the rear. Um, heading into the weekend, Brian Hunter Ray made a bold move, stretched his advantage. He was three points up on, on uh, 21st place going into the weekend. He finished in 14th place which doesn't sound great but was worth a hefty 16 points and uh, he stretched his cushion uh, from three points to 10 points uh, heading into the last two races sadly augustine canapino did not do well finished 22nd and dropped from 21st and in the leader circle to 23rd and outside the leader circle he hit somebody in the pits right yeah he got a penalty for hitting personnel or something like that that's what took it because he was doing fairly well and was uh it? yeah he did that yep and then that that was a, a fatal flaw that put him back there yep yeah so moving up into the 21st and 22nd spots and on the bubble tied for on the bubble uh in the leader circle would be the number 60 um passion car lundquist pulled up uh 18th place and 12 points daily and the letterman Ray Hall Letterman Landing Car finished 16th and gets himself on the bubble in the last leader circle position. Devlin D. Francesco came into the event uh, two spots out in 24th place and came out of it two spots out in 24th place. You know, you, you got to feel good about Ryan Hunter race chances in the number 20 Ed Carpenter car with 170 points, but then you've got four teams bunched the shank and the letterman cars are 160 tied for the last spot and canapino is one point behind at 159 and Di francesco is four points behind at 156 heading into the last two races yeah so still four man race easily right five ish you know i mean hunter ray could have a bad day and be dropped right back into the really interesting we've got so who we got we got vips at Ray Hall. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting is that these two guys that are tied for the last spot are both bringing in new drivers for the last two races. Yeah. Longquist so, and Bips. Let's do uh, some Portland picks, shall we? Who's uh, who's first? I don't remember. I believe you are. Well, I think I'll take Alex Palau. I recall uh, Penske did some testing there before uh, last year, right? Ended up having some very strong cars there, including the... Uh, the winner, uh, Scotty M, last year. Uh, as much as it pains me to do so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Scotty M. I'll go with Power. Decent choice, uh, second place last year. I think at this point, uh, I'm gonna be sucked into the old uh, team smug here for Scott hard Dixon. To, hard to resist the pull. It is. Um, team smug is uh, on fire right now. And he's the only other guy that has a chance at winning the championship. Okay, I'm going to step out here on a limb and go with Lungard. 
Uh, not a bad choice. Uh, did qualify very well last year. You know, I, I, the only risk there is the team, right? I mean, just, you know, not quite up to the levels of the other team. Your gamblers out there, uh, probably, you know, if you've never run, it's not a bad place to put your money. That leaves me with a conundrum. I'd say that the conundrum is three people. Can you name those three people, Kerm? Uh, Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, and um, Brian Colton Herta. Yeah. And you might even throw Alex Rossi in there. It crossed my mind. I just decided that you got to prove it to me once before I start giving <laughs> that much credit. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't have to take Joseph Newgarden. Well, one thing's for sure. They'll almost certainly be a wreck in turn one. Um, well, uh, enjoy Portland race, everybody. Uh, hopefully squeeze another one back in uh, between Portland and Laguna Seca, correct? Well, it is the finals. It is a championship, although I think maybe there's a very good chance that it's going to be decided by uh, Portland, right? But I'm confident there will be a scintillating competition for the last uh, leader circle spots. Can you see it now? Uh, the points as they run on NBC, not for the championship, but for the, for the <laughs> 20 <body>. second spot. <laughs> Somebody in IndyCar might blow a gasket if they did that. So. Well, they have been profiling it on television lately. Uh, I don't think IndyCar is doing anything to help them. Um, no. Do their best to uh, tamp that down, uh, but that's to their uh, detriment, I'm afraid. I think. So. 100%. I agree. That's uh. Maybe if if they didn't think that way, maybe they'd have Netflix signing them up. Let's put it this way: there's a lot more drama there probably than there is in winning the championship. In there. I mean, there's hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, there's more anguish at, at losing at that end of the at the, the field than than you know the guy that gets second in the championship. So think about uh, when Marco lost the mill, right? Years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was. I mean, he was in. He was solid. He had a great race, and then he wrecks with Sato, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so he wrecked him. Yeah. I mean, think about that. It was it was dramatic. It was amazingly dramatic. Yeah, I mean, when when he got out of his car and looked on his face, because he's a part owner of that car, right? I think, and so wouldn't want to let that uh, kind of drama play out in front of everybody. No, we will let that. We wouldn't. It's it's beneath us. Do we have a Twitter feed still or next feed still? At hero. IndyCar at H-I-R-O IndyCar. Enjoy the weekend, uh, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.